Welcome to This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Now is your chance to get caught up in all that's happening in technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now here's your host, Gene Destro. This week, we're talking with Wall Street Journal reporter and author Peter Loftus about his new book, The Messenger, Moderna, the Vaccine, and the Business Gamble that Changed the World. In it, he focuses on how a little-known company, at least at the time, Moderna, came seemingly out of nowhere in 2020 to make headlines and billions of dollars since then by being in the right place at the right time with the right technology to help save lives worldwide with its new messenger RNA-based COVID-19 vaccine. But we wondered, since both Pfizer and Moderna's vaccines use mnRNA technology and Pfizer's actually came out first, why did he decide to write about Moderna? Well, I felt like Moderna is a somewhat more perhaps mysterious character than Pfizer. Pfizer is a, is a well-known pharmaceutical company. It's much bigger. It's been around for longer Moderna was, is a company that really wasn't widely known before 2020, and it had, it had only been formed 10 years before that. And so I felt like it was, there was some inherent drama in this fairly new biotech company, which before 2020 didn't have any approved products on the market, you know, found itself in a position to respond to this historic pandemic and but to use this technology they had been working on and then to, to be able to achieve what they did within the space of a year. I thought it really created some interesting possibilities to tell the story of the pandemic through the eyes of Moderna, through this small company, to show how it was transformed. But I also think it gives a glimpse into this world of, of biotechnology and venture capital and really shows how a lot of drug innovation is done these days, which is different from how it's been done before. One of the controversies at the beginning of the pandemic, and I still think it continues for some people, is that they were mistrustful of this new mRNA technology. And they were like, well, it's brand new and nobody's ever heard of it before. But clearly it had been under development for a while. I wonder if from your research and when you talk to people at Moderna, whether they think or you've concluded that perhaps the story might have been told a little differently at the beginning and whether if it had been, people might have trusted the new technology a little bit more? Yeah, I, I could. I mean, I could see how that would be possible. I mean, I would note that almost 70% of the U.S. population has been vaccinated and much higher percentages of, of people over the age of 65. I mean, it's nearly all of them. And so to me, that shows that there was a good deal of trust in the technology. People might have questions about it. And certainly there's there's like a hardcore minority of people who are, who continue to raise questions about it. But as for messaging, sure, I think that there could have been ways to just discuss it more clearly and to perhaps be more thorough about what it does and what it doesn't do. I suppose it's possible that some of the analogies that people who develop mRNA use, like comparing it to software, it's possible that that may have sort of fed into some of the skepticism and concern. I see. So what did you find out then about this kind of, I guess, from your perspective, it was kind of a scrappy little company that kind of the little company that could and 
turned into something much, much bigger? I mean, how's it doing now? Yeah, great questions. I mean, yeah, it was. it's a company that it started out very small, a handful of employees, and it came from some academic research that had been sort of bubbling up over the years about messenger RNA. So in that sense, it's not brand new technology. It's kind of been evolving over time. But in any case, it was a group of scientists and entrepreneurs and then backed by venture capital that really got the company off the ground and really spent almost 10 years just trying to advance the science, just trying to take it beyond academic research, beyond just conducting experiments in Petri dishes and that sort of thing, and to really hone the technology so that it could be tested in people and then once vetted, then deployed more widely. So it did grow over time, and going into the pandemic, it had 800-something employees, still didn't have any products. It was still working on various experimental drugs and vaccines. They were still a few years away at that time from reaching the market. And then the pandemic hit, and they just felt that they had the technology that could allow for a rapid response to an infectious disease outbreak and turn that into a vaccine. As far as now, with their vaccine sales from the last year and a half, they've generated billions of dollars in sales from that and huge profits. They have used some of that to expand their research pipeline so that they now have, I believe, about 40 different experimental drugs and vaccines, a majority of which I think are already in human testing. So they're looking at things like using mRNA to make a new flu vaccine and one that they say has potential to be to improve upon older vaccines, which their effectiveness kind of varies from year to year. And they're looking at vaccines against other viruses like RSV, which is a, a respiratory virus. And so that's sort of what they're, I mean, they're still very much involved in making and redesigning their COVID vaccine for booster shots that could better match the current strains of the virus. But they're also looking ahead to you know, other products that address other diseases. Right. I had heard that because of the way this mRNA technology works, that it would actually make it easier for vaccine makers to tweak it and adapt it when the new variants come out, which, you know, right now would be very useful. Yeah, I think because it uses the same basic building blocks, the same ingredients of genetic material can be used for every product that they make. It's just that they're rearranging the sequence, the genetic sequence, to target the unique genetic sequence, say, of a new variant. And so that allows them to redesign the vaccine relatively quickly. And then in manufacturing, that can also be repurposed fairly quickly because they're also just using similar ingredients as the older vaccines. And so it is creating the possibility that current plan for them now is to have these modified booster shots available by October, November, and Pfizer too, using mRNA technology. And, you know, and then it'll, it'll remain to be seen just what effect that then has, or even whether a significant number of people bother to get those, those new booster shots. As a medical reporter, you've been in this for a while and covering this. It must have come as, one, a surprise and really a huge, exciting challenge for you when all of a sudden the entire world was focused on nothing but medical issues during the pandemic, right? 
Yeah, it did feel like my beat and, and my colleagues on, on the, the health and science team kind of became ground zero for covering the pandemic and the response by the pharma industry. So it was, yeah, certainly it was a surprise. I mean, I do remember like very early in 2020, say before March, being aware of the coronavirus, report, doing some reporting, reporting on companies like Moderna getting things off the ground as far as starting a COVID vaccine development program. But until March, I think it really seemed to me that it, things were very much up in the air as to how big the outbreak would get and whether it would spread widely in the United States, for instance, and, and move from China to other countries. And certainly that was a surprise. And I think then just covering the early stages of various companies' vaccine efforts, you know, I, I didn't necessarily think that any of them were slam dunks, that they were necessarily going to succeed because I know that just from covering the pharma industry that, you know, a lot of research and development programs look promising at first and they get through the early rounds of testing. But when they hit the late stages of testing, something happens where either the drug or vaccine either just doesn't work as well as they expected it to, or there's an unforeseen safety issue. And so I thought that all of those things could very much be in the cards for the various COVID vaccines. You know, and some of them did have issues, but to see at least a few of them go to the finish line, you know, it was, yeah, there was a lot of of twists and turns to write about there. That was Wall Street Journal reporter and author Peter Loftus talking about his new book, The Messenger, Moderna, The Vaccine, and the Business Gamble that Changed the World. You can find it now on Amazon.com or at your favorite bookstore. And that's it for now. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news on 93.5-1590-WAKR and WAKR.net. <laughs>